Queerness is not a monolith. We are but a small representation of our fabulous community. Thoughts expressed in this podcast are meant to inform, entertain, and provide context in a world full of sound bites and chaotic headlines. The goal? To create a safe space to educate ourselves and our community, learn from our guests, and provide comfort for those out there who may not have an outlet of queer expression. This is Queer Context. Hello and welcome to Queer Context, a podcast where two queer Texans take on topics that are difficult to have or are just plain bothering us on any <laughs> given day. I am here with my co-host. He is the Zach Morris to my AC Slater, the uh, Claire Danes to my Wilson Cruz. Uh, hi, Tyler. Hey, he is. And we also have, he is powered by Red Bull and Showtunes. What's up, Roger? Mm, hi. <laughs> I, I actually I was almost a little late today because I was going to stop and get Red Bull, but I decided no, I am going to beat this GPS clock. I'm going to get here on time, and then you showed up 15 minutes later. I did my best. We're all doing our best. You're doing your best without Red Bull. I'm doing my best, realizing that time is it's a construct. Time is a construct. Uh, well, today we are going to continue providing more context into who we are uh, mm-hmm. by diving into our experiences uh, growing up gay and going to high school uh, in Texas. But first, I uh, I want to start us off with a little queer history moment. I'm going to read this out. Oh, you're giving us a queer history moment? I am. I'm here for this. I here am. for it. Okay. On Wednesday, May 11th, 2022, a Lil podcast known ah! as <laughs> Queer Context <laughs> recorded its first episode and the world was never the same. Yes, we love queer history. <laughs> um, what were your initial thoughts on our, uh, of our as we fumbled through our first um, recording? I don't think we fumbled too much. I think we did a really pretty. I think we like we flowed pretty good. It was. Um, I realized like we can't we can't orchestrate all of it. No. Like I can't come in with like a list of things I want to say mm-hmm. and like make sure that they get said. Like mm-hmm. that's not what this is. One, it goes a lot fast. You fill up that time oh, so easy. But also that's not how we talk. No. You know, that's not what our conversations are like. I don't know. What do you think about it? I thought it I thought it went well. Uh I felt like we've found our groove about like 20 minutes in when we're like, okay, let's Yeah. We're here. Like, we started you know, just hitting our conversation. But, right, exactly. But like also, you know, yes, that's not how we have our conversations, but we also don't have microphones like right, right up in our face, in our faces. Yeah. You know, that is not necessary. I'm not even I was going to make a joke and I'm like, no, it's too <laughs> early. In the day. It's too early in the day. Um, but I really enjoyed it. I mean, it was also a lot to take in. I came out of it with a lot of feelings. <laughs> Shocker. I have a lot of feelings. Uh, because it's a different level of vulnerability, right? You know, like when you're like involved in the community, you know, you're having conversations one on one, or you're speaking to a group about a specific topic, or you're, you know, putting out specific content for something. And this is just a very raw space. Like mm-hmm. we're just talking to each other, and no one's in the room for us to talk to. So right. it's like. Uh, people are going to hear this. Yeah. Yeah. 
No, it's so, true. It's a different level of vulnerability that I think I'm, I'm getting used to or still processing. I did have moments where I was like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have said that. Or maybe I shouldn't have referred to that person as that, you know? Yeah. And then I'm like, well, you know what? It's done. It's out there. Um, it, it is what it is. We're doing our best. We're doing um, our best. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited about it, though. It's got me excited to keep doing it. And now we're here for a second. And now we're here for a second, which uh, we're going to talk about growing up gay or just yeah. kind of, you know, we're kind of focusing on our high school experience. But I think it'd be great. Um, I think both of us are in agreement that we want to at least start at that point where it's like, where did you know? Like, mm-hmm. when did you know? How did you know? When did you know? When did I know? Um, when did you know that you were different? I think that it, it must have been, I think it must have been junior high. Really? It must have been junior high. Also, at that point. Like, was that like when you got to like Martin and suburbia and all that or? Um, so it would have been, so junior high for me was uh, Marshall Junior High. Okay. In, um, in Marshall, Texas. And while I wouldn't necessarily claim that I was like that I knew exactly and was ready to proclaim myself as homosexual, uh, I do kind of remember recognizing that kind of like idea. But also when you have people coming up to you, people that you don't know in the hallways or like out out, out on the schoolyard, mm-hmm. you know, asking you if you're gay, it's like, is there, you know, you're, I'm dealing with the, wait, is there something that's coming off that that is saying that mm-hmm. I'm gay? Like, you know, like I'm I'm not going out of my way to be effeminate or like, uh, or or not that no, that's... No, but like, everybody's, I mean, at that, you're in junior high, so every preteen right. is dealing with identity and trying to figure out which pieces they want to make their own and, right. and what already is also inherently there, you know? Mm-hmm. How yeah. are we fitting in? How are we, what do we need to do to fit in? Yeah. Um, I, I can pinpoint, I think, as a child, though, when I think it manifested itself that my parents knew. Really? Yes. Um, I, I was a, in Little League, a Little League baseball player, mm-hmm. and I was at one of my brother's games. And so I was not playing that day. I was just there cheering him and his team on. And, you know, all those little teams, they're all, they all know each other. All the, all the boys Mm -hmm. know each other. All the parents know each other. And I remember as my brother's team was coming from, I may have been like seven, uh, seven or eight. I remember as my brother's team were, were coming from, they were playing out in the field and it was their turn to come up to bat. So they were coming back into, uh, the dugout, the dugout in quotations. Um, And I was giving all of them a hug as they were coming back. And I remember my mom and my dad pulling me aside and saying, no, you don't do that. You don't hug boys. So, so I do remember, I do remember that. And it's so funny that that sticks out for me. Uh, So I, 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 and that even though you may not have known what it meant, you knew something was wrong or something was off and it was about, you Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so that would have been california so we moved to marshall when i was 10 yeah so 
you know, already that was kind of a little inkling. And I think that, I think that there, the, the teasing definitely started in junior high. When I moved to Texas, I was, uh, in private school for two years before I joined the public school system. Were you and all your siblings in private yes. school? Hmm. Yeah. So we all entered. So I entered public school at seventh grade, uh, my brother, who's a year younger than I am, also entered uh, private school uh, in seventh grade um, the year after I did. And then I i don't think my little brother was in public school yet. I think he entered public school when we moved to Arlington okay. uh, in 98. Yeah, but that's kind of, I guess that's kind of when you I... You moved to Arlington in 98? I did. So did we. Yeah. That's so funny. Like, it's so weird that we have such these commonalities. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, and I I guess this will be part of it. Oh, all I'm just going to say, I mean, no spoiler alerts, but I think you and I have Barnes and Noble in common. And that's part of, <laughs> and that's part of our... <laughs> that is part of... We'll get there high with high conversation. School. But yes, so uh, this is very much a keep, keep, keep listening. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah. So what about you? Um... I, so I had the, very similar to you, the very small town experience until fifth grade when I moved to Mansfield. And so as a small child, I always knew I was different. I was effeminate. Um, My, I could see, I mean, like when Disney would come out and I was a little farm kid, you know, spending all this time on myself, I, you could not tell me that in my mother's full-size tank top on my little body that I wasn't Belle spinning around those Mm -hmm. pastures Mm -hmm. singing about this small little village. (laughs) (laughs) And so, I mean, like, it was already there. Mm -hmm. And they saw it, but then there's the experience of, like, family members not really, like, seeing it, but also not necessarily registering it. Like, of course, thinking, not my kid, Mm -hmm. you know? Um... And then just like I had a ton of girl cousins and I would love every time I'd go over there, I loved playing in their Barbie Barbies. Uh, specifically, we my favorite game was Pretty Pretty Princess. OK. Are you familiar? Do you remember Pretty Pretty Princess? No, I feel. But I've, I mean, I, I, I literally a board game with a oh, jewelry yes. box in the center. Yes, yes, yes. And you go around and you Absolutely. get to collect the different colors of rings and necklaces and whatever. Right. right. Um, and it was. I mean, it was more the type of thing where, like, I would play with them, and I would love being over there to play with them and play with their toys, but I knew I wasn't supposed to. Okay. And so it was the type of thing where I would do things in hiding because I knew I wasn't supposed to, you know, Mm -hmm. try on your mom's shoes, Mm -hmm. play with your cousin's toys. Um, And uh, my Aunt Tracy was actually one of the first people to ever, like, affirm me Mm -hmm. in that way. Mm Mm-hmm. Cause she walked in one time and we were, uh, I was, we were playing with, I had gotten the Aladdin Barbie okay. and I think Kelsey had, my cousin Kelsey had gotten the Jasmine Barbie or okay. there were just a bunch of Barbies and she walked in the room and I wasn't ready. And I immediately just like dropped what was in my hand mm-hmm. and she was like, Tyler, it's okay. You can play with that. It's mm-hmm. okay. You know? Yeah. Um, so it was like that all through like grade school. I no, I didn't know what gay was at all. Like it was a small town. We're in grade school. Like you don't know gay right. like people do now. Um, and then 
I got launched from this very, very small town in Kansas into suburbia in Mansfield, which was a, I mean, it was growing. It was decently sized Mm -hmm. and thrown into a fifth grade where I was a very weird kid. I was going through a very strong hippie alien phase. Mm -hmm. I spent a lot of time at Gadzooks. A lot of tie dye, a lot of aliens. Um, Yeah. And so I show up as this weird country kid and immediately um, get labeled. Immediately they're like, oh, so you're gay. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? Mm -hmm. What is gay? Mm -hmm. And literally um, before we had the internet, the encyclopedia sets were my best friend. We still have, have I shown you the one in the no. house? No. Oh, we still have our Encyclopedia I see Britannica. Um, the whole set. I, it's a sensitive topic in my family because on a separate side note, I'm not a very pleasant person when I get sick. And I destroyed a whole set of encyclopedias once because I puked on it. Sorry, that's a side note, but yeah, anyway. <laughs> so the encyclopedia <laughs> is a safe place in the library where you can go look up whatever you want. Right. It's like the the old school Google. It, yeah. And nobody can bother you. And right. so like I remember getting called gay and then going and looking it up in the encyclopedia. Of course you did. Absolutely I did. Of course you did. Um and I I mean that was everything. Like that encyclopedia at Mary or Intermediate School. Mm-hmm. Uh I was there for everything. I was like my education. I was getting into the suburb school, getting called names, talk, people talking about things that city kids talked about. And I would just go straight to the encyclopedia and look it up. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's when I started in high school. And then, um, I mean, I was always, I don't know. I was always just effeminate and I was always a performer. Like, right. That's, I, yeah. I was always on my grandma's big fireplace. She had this big fireplace that mm-hmm. we all used as a stage growing up. Mm-hmm. And um, I was, perf- I mean, I remember the very first song I ever performed for my family when I was like four was Achy Breaky Heart by Billy Ray Cyrus. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, mine was uh, Corazones de Piedra by Lucia Mendes. Oh. Oh yeah. We, I mean, you know, the, the telenovelas, the novelas. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was... Uh, I was also a performer. Yeah. Um, I never, there, there was never kind of inkling of me wanting to uh, dress up in in my like mom's clothing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was always, there was always like costumes. So I would take, whether it was like the bed sheet mm-hmm. or I would take a blanket. I would always walk around with a cape. Yeah. Something that flows. Whether I was a, su- <laughs> yeah, whether I was a superhero or I was royalty, I was regal. Always. I was always, regal. always in a cape. He always a in cape. a cape. Um, but yeah, performing. Um, the second song I ever learned was Corella DeVille. At my should. uncle's suggestion. As one so should. it was like, I was five years old, high camp, Cruella de Vil. <laughs> <laughs> I, really I really do think back now to what my parents, how my parents kept reacting to me. Because while I may not necessarily have known what gay was, my parents did. My, they did? Yeah, my dad has a gay brother. Oh, and so that was something that was very big in the family, but it was something that we, as the the the, the grandchildren, yeah. you know, um, or the first generation of of um, family members born in the United States, that was something that we we did not hear about. It was kept very yeah. hidden from us. But but yeah, I mean, I think back now, 
and think about all these kind of things of how just like my parents were kind of very rigid in, in saying this is what a man does. This is what a man doesn't do. No, you're going to play soccer. No, you're not going to be a dancer. No, you're not going to sing mm-hmm. um, were, were I think their way of imposing on this thing knowing that you know on my dad's side of the family they were dealing they were not dealing with but like my uncle was living an unapologetically unapologetically gay life so he was like out he and was out living. but they were not engaged engaging in that and um, my uncle owned a dance company in Los Angeles, a oh uh, folklorico dance company. Um, it, he was very, like, very big in the Latino art community yeah. um, in Los Angeles. Um, so that really uh, is like a, that's a touchstone to the the queerness. Exactly. And um, and he would be the first person that I came out to mm-hmm. from my, in all of my family members. And I did it when I was 16. Yeah. Like I called him. And I just remember crying on the phone saying that I was gay. Um, And I think, I mean, it's so long now at this point. uh, I do think that he's probably the actual first person that I told. Yeah. Like I called him um, and I called him from Arlington. So in, in my teenage bedroom, I called him. um, Yeah. Yeah. And he was really cool. And he's still really cool now. He lives in Dallas now. Um, But I, I think back to that time that like fifth grade mm-hmm. to high to senior year and all of these things that my parents would do and how they would respond to things yeah and i'm like this comes from mm-hmm. you know and also on my mom's side of the family i have a cousin who's about four or five years older than i am who's also gay and i think that was also something that everyone was talking about on my mom's side of the family, but no one was actually saying anything. He's yeah. also the the oldest, yeah, of the first generation of grandkids on that side. Yeah, He's you're f- looking. Yeah, that's me. Yeah, the first oldest. Only in my family, there was no touchdown. Mm. In all the different sides of my family, there was nobody living an out gay life. And so, my, you know, it is looking back at how they tried to shape you. My, I, I didn't get a strong masculine pressure. And I, I don't, I think, I don't, I think it was just because all the women in my life were pretty strong women. And so, you know, it was, um, it wasn't a lot of like, this is what men do. Right. You know, it was more, I think the most masculine education I ever got from my family is this is how you look after your sisters Mm -hmm. and this is how you look after the women in your family. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think, but it is looking back, they didn't have that touchdown. So for my family, it was, they didn't know. They were doing their best to help a kid, raise a kid, um, and, you know, doing the best with the knowledge they had that everybody had at that time. Right. Okay, so you said you think your uncle was the first person you told. Yes. Oh, and you yeah. said 16? Uh-huh. I had told two other friends of mine from, uh, I went to, uh, from Marshall, um, who I've known since, who I had known since seventh grade. And we had two girls. Um, we were in all the like the advanced placement classes mm, together, <laughs> and um, we did yearbook together. Uh, they were in, we were in choir in high school together. And, and when I say high school in Marshall, I mean uh, freshman and sophomore year, ninth and tenth grades. Mm-hmm. So I was really close to them, 
And I came out to them. I called them on the phone and I called, um, do I say names? Do I say? No. Well, I'm going to say names. One, because the other one, one of them is not here anymore. Okay. As in she passed away several years ago. And uh, the other one I I don't really speak to. Um, That sounds bad, but like we're Facebook friends, but it's not like. Grow apart. Yeah. Um, I called my friend Alicia, um, who I consider to be close with at that point. And and I told her that um, I was gay. And uh, she literally like shut down and, and said, I-, I can't talk about this. And uh, we're, we're, you know, we're not going to talk about this. And then we didn't talk again. Did not talk to her ever again. Mm. Years later, she would. Ugh, that just like pulls up my heart because it's always that's always the fear. Mm-hmm. It's the fear that this person who loves you and you've loved and you're, you're so invested in and you've mm-hmm. gone through all these things with, it's that fear that they'll reject you. And also it was very hard for me to, when we moved to Arlington. Yeah. Um, it was hard for you me. You moved in the middle of high school. I moved, uh, I was sophomore class secretary uh, in a class of 350 people moving to Martin in Arlington, uh, James Martin High School, which was at that point the largest school under one roof in Texas. I believe it. Uh, to a class it was before all the Arlington and Mansfield schools started splitting. Right. Uh, to a class of 850 people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was very hard for me to to call and tell her that and then get that response. So then when I called my friend Ashley, so, you know, Ashley, Alicia and I were the three of us were like, we were, we were pretty tight. Yeah. When I called Ashley, I actually said, so I, I need to talk to you about something. And I'm, you know what, this is very hard for me to say this. So I am going to be, I'm just going to say it. Um, I got a girl pregnant and she was, and she went, oh, Roger, why, what, how, why? And I'm like, okay, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm just gay. And she goes, oh, that is so much better. Did <gasps> you really do that to her? I did. <laughs> and this was after talking to the other one. Yes. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> You're like, let me set these expectations. Let me, you know. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, oh. Give you some, so... like, reflection. She was so relieved. Yeah. And she was like, well, of course. And I'm like, what? And she goes, Roger, I'm not surprised. <laughs> and I'm like, let me, tell you, let me tell you about my conversation with Alicia. And she was so mad. So mad. Yeah. And... I, I I think at that point they were already kind of living, you know, even they though were in high school or whatever. They were already kind of, you know, yeah. they had, Alicia had her friends, Ashley had her friends. um, And yeah, and so honestly, Ashley and I just, just kept in touch, kept in touch for years. Uh, every time I'd come back home, we would make an effort to see each other. Uh, she eventually would go to UNT. Uh, Denton and uh, so we'd meet up Um, she has this uh, she had that's so weird to say still she had this fabulous uh, friend uh, Jamie who who does live in in the area Mm -hmm. in the DFW area Uh, she passed away several years ago now from cancer um, which was devastating yeah like that's actually like and it's that's a person our age yeah yeah Yeah. so uh, I'm only 20 days older than she is Mm. And uh, she had a she had two children. Uh, her parents were so great. Um, her father passed. Uh, no, I'm sorry. I think her father has Alzheimer's now. Um, yeah. I should just double check. Anyway, um, but that was also the first time. I mean, I came to the funeral. My parents went mm-hmm. with me, 
And uh, this was the first time I had seen a lot of people from Marshall Yeah, as well. Like since you moved? Since I, yeah. I didn't see, I made a very clear cut with Marshall once I left. Yeah. It is. Uh, I can, I, I get that. I talk to very few people mm-hmm. from Marshall. Um, and the people that I do talk to are, it's on Facebook or Instagram. Yeah. Um, and there are a, a many, many, many supportive um, allies of those friends that I do. Yeah. Of those people from Marshall that I do um, speak to. There was like a 20 year gap of my visits to Lincoln, the small town I lived in in Kansas. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a 20 year gap at one point and I went back for a funeral and I went to the church that I grew up in. And it was a wild experience because one, um, I went to the bathroom and it was still the small church on a hill wood paneling walls Mm -hmm. nothing had changed decorations nothing including the soap bottle in the bathroom that you could buy at the dollar general or whatever Mm -hmm. but they just kept refilling it Mm -hmm. which one kudos for saving the planet yeah well way, way to go but it was just surreal also that grand church that i grew up in this holy place mm-hmm. um as an adult i'm like this building only fits 30 people a little i'm building. like i was it's like a holy cow this is so small right <laughs> <laughs> yeah um it's yeah it's so and it's so fascinating to even think back now to just how absolutely insane it was to that was such a big deal to come out well, I mean, for us. Yeah. But also that was still, that was 98. Yeah. That was 1998. I mean, you didn't come out. You did come out in 98. Did I you did. come out in 98? I did. Um, I didn't come out until. So by that point. Oh, four. Okay. So by that point, I'm, I'm now here in Arlington. Yeah. 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 So uh, that first year in Arlington, I was depressed because again, I I knew no one. I, I came into this huge school and I, culture shock and a culture shock. Well, also, your yours is the country mouse to yeah city mouse experience. Mine is the city mouse to country mouse back to the city because I grew up in Los oh, Angeles. Okay. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're I grew right. up in Los Angeles. Yeah. So I went. I and in a predominantly Latin. I you know I was in a private school of Latino kids. Yeah. Um, coming down, coming down. You know, coming across Texas from California in this little East Texas town mm-hmm. and being like, I, what, what is this? I, <laughs> I still remember fifth grade when we were talking about movies and um, this girl, I know her name and I will not say it. Uh, <laughs> again, Shade. Not someone, <laughs> not someone that I speak to. So, um, But I just remember her calling me a hot shot. Because I I did know, even then I did knew I did know so much about movies. I would yeah. read. My uncle and my dad would save me the art section of the newspapers, and I would read all of these things. Oh, you were a little nerd. I was a little nerd. So I mean, I knew <laughs> there were so many things that I knew, and yeah. it was literally just like it's this other. Mm-hmm. You right. know too much. You talk too much. Right. And you're she, different. She was this little um, country, like every, like the, yeah. the blonde hair was was done right, everything. Um, and I mean, I went to cry in the bathroom. <laughs> Won't be the last time I cried in the bathroom in Texas. <laughs> but um, and then so coming from 
getting myself to a place in Marshall where I was like, okay, I feel like I'm doing something, you know. Also, yeah. it was my freshman year of col- of high school in Marshall that um, I went to New York for the first time. So mm. Marshall did give me that opportunity to go to New York, go sing at Carnegie Hall uh, yeah. with our choir. But then coming here, that first year, with, I was I was depressed. I didn't know yeah. anyone. Um, I'm thankful to the friends I made in choir, you know, and, and you, I mean, you've met like Jay Gilliam. Yeah. Um, you've met, uh, a, a couple of other people. Um, but really it was those group of people and those names, I will say like Jay and, and Chris and Zach and Ryan and Danielle and Lauren and Lauren, uh, Jen, uh, Akasha, um, Aaron, Kristen, uh, all of those people made it comfortable for me to come out to my friends that I would eventually make at the tail end of that first year mm-hmm. going into senior year to come out to them senior year. Yeah. And them being like, yeah, absolutely. But we were like choir and theater kids. Like, yeah. I lucked in coming into this, these amazing arts programs. Yes. In this school. And that's something we do need to give credit to. It's to the arts programs of Martin high school and Mansfield high school. Yeah. <laughs> For giving us a place to go. Yeah. And I remember, I remember my th- our theater director, the director of the theater arts department, um, and I remember him saying to someone, "Look, if you're gonna act feminine on stage as a joke, you better be prepared for me to ask you all of these questions about what your character choices are, because those are character choices. That is not a joke." Ooh, he was taking you to task, and I was just like, "He was like, cool. this is you. You don't get to portray it this way." Exactly. Yeah. Oof. It's not a joke. If you're gonna do it, yeah. You're gonna you're gonna tell me what your character choices are. And then are, we're gonna work and then we're it. gonna work through it because then that's those are the choices you're making, so that must be the character you're gonna wanna so let's yeah. He yeah. was I remember I remember that very specifically. Um from Larry Kier. Yeah. Yeah. Um so yeah, so at least in high school. I was out to my friends. I was not out to my parents. I didn't yeah. do that until after first year of college. Yeah. But high school, yeah, I had my first boyfriend in high school here in Arlington. Oh, yeah. spicy. Oh, yeah. He went to Burleson. Oh, wait. I think I had a, I did too, but it was a summer boyfriend, so. How'd you meet? Um, We were both lifeguards at the YMCA. You were both what? Lifeguards? Lifeguards. Oh, lifeguards. At the YMCA. At the YMCA. Yeah. I, uh, I, I came out, like I said, when I was 16 too, um, had already gotten my groove in high school at Mansfield. I was, uh, I was a mix of athletics and arts. And so I played all the sports with balls in middle school. Yes, you did. I've seen pictures of you. Yeah, I know. You were a dish. Oh, well, thanks. You're welcome. Um, (laughs) it, uh, I learned very quickly that, um, I'm not good at sports with balls. Market coordination is not really no. there for that. No. Um, but I was a really good swimmer. Okay. And I was a really good runner. Okay. And so I was on the swim team. I was on the track team. Both um, really good gay sports. Well, they're... Swimming swimming and running. Yes. But they're also... They're, they can be team sports with a relay, but they're individual sports. So you're still competing together. You're pr- practicing together. But, you know, you really are kind of challenging yourself. Mm-hmm. Um and so I kind of had my lane. I would swim, do track, and then I was also in choir and in theater. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so going into high school, I got a lot of shit in like intermediate, middle school, high school-ish. I kind of learned. Um, I don't know if I had learned, but just it was how I was handling it. Um, I've always had this voice. <laughs> so okay. it's never been anything I've been able to hide. And then I was always the first person the teacher would yell at because I was the most easy voice to grab. Have you ever ha- have you always had the same laugh? Uh, no. Okay. That has, I don't, maybe, I don't know. It's, I think it's changed and it's evolved. The screaming definitely started more when I was gay. (laughs) I definitely started cackling more when I was like in my twenties. I feel like one's laugh really comes into one's own after the coming out process. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's a, it's expression and. It's a free expression. It's an expression that you can't really, like, control. I, I've been told to have a villain laugh. Oh, same. Same. <laughs> like, yeah. I sound very devious. Yeah. Um, so, I had a girlfriend, sophomore year of high school. Um, so did I. Yeah. Yeah. And we dated for about a year. Okay. And uh, it was great. We got along. Um, she definitely tried to push me. Mm-hmm. Tried to, you know, um, explore things, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and I, of course, was the gay boy that was like anything past like making out and mm-hmm. like over the shirt action. I was like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mm-hmm. don't know about this. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> my dad, my dad always said, he's like, if she wasn't going to, because he always said, you know, like she mm-hmm. would make effort. Yep. To like engage with me or whatever. And he's like, if she wasn't going to turn you gay, nobody was going to. Right. <laughs> right. But I remember it was the soft, I think it was the summer before my junior year. And I think we broke up over the summer. And when we came into school the next year was when I had started admitting and acknowledging to my friends. Mm-hmm. And the only reason that was able to happen was because in my high school, uh, it, when I came into a junior, it was the seniors. My entire sophomore year, there was already a solid group of about four guys who were out and gay in mm-hmm. the school. Um, and so I was friends with them. I watched them. I got to see how they were treated. I got mm-hmm. to see their experiences. And because of them taking those steps before me, that is the only way that I felt comfortable with. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were my close friends too. So I talked through a lot of this with them right um and the crazy part was once i acknowledged it and came out Mm -hmm. and when people would call me a fag or call me gay and i'd just be like yeah i am i got made fun of so much less Mm -hmm. like and and it's not everybody's experience but for for me in those spaces and again also was in the ap classes Mm -hmm. Uh, this is why when I was an AP teacher, I had so much love for my C students because mm-hmm. they just wanted to be in the AP space, but mm-hmm. not necessarily do the work. Mm-hmm. That was me. I was like, get me into a space that has a little bit more challenge, a little bit more interesting, but I am way too ADD to get the work done. Mm-hmm. Um, and so once I kind of took away what they used to make fun of me, uh, I got ridiculed a whole lot less. But then I also had my lane. I knew I was good on the swim team. I knew I was good in the choir group. I had my friends. Um, I had a really tight little uh, trio of friends. I had my gay friends. You know, I I had friends in every Mm -hmm. sport and Mm -hmm. whatever. Um, 
but I had a little trio of best friends in college. It was uh, Chris and Jocelyn, and it was the three of us, and we were all in choir together. And um, uh, at the time, I'm not sure about Jocelyn. We're not. We haven't spoken in a long time. I she was straight at the time, and he was straight as well. Um, and I remember, you know, I was kind of slowly making my rounds, letting people know because it was like junior year and it wasn't like you. Like I knew these people from high school. Right. Um, and Chris was one of the last people I told. And it was that fear, mm-hmm. you know, it's that fear that this person that you love so much that you love having in your life mm-hmm. um, that accepts you as you are now. It's that 1% chance that they will reject you. And that 1% is like the biggest 1% you've ever seen. Because it's just hanging over you that you could lose this person. Right. Um, And, you know, once I told Jocelyn, Jocelyn was like, you have to tell Chris. Mm -hmm. Like, he's our, you know, he's one of our best friends. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we're, it's like the three of us were together all the time. And... So I told him and it wasn't a thing, <laughs> but it was such a thing to get to that point. Absolutely. When you I, know? T- yeah. When I told, when I told my friend senior year, like when I told Jay Gilliam, uh, I actually think Jay Gilliam has the distinction of telling me that he was gay first. Mm-hmm. We were driving to our friend Danielle's house Yeah, and you know, he told me, and I think it was, I think it was right leading into our senior year or right really at the beginning. Yeah. And I was like, okay, well I'm gay too. And we're both like, okay. <laughs> and I met Jay Gilliam because junior year in choir, because we were both short, we were both on the front row. So we're both <laughs> seated next to each other in baritone. So we were just seated next yeah. to each other. So that's how he would, that's how we got to know each other. Yeah. Um. He would always, oh, every time I come in, he'd always be like, Roger, this is your mother, which to, to this day, I hate that line in Rent. Because <laughs> Jake Gilliam, Jake Gilliam used to, that's how he would greet me. That's hilarious. Um, but that senior year, while I didn't necessarily tell everyone, I told our friend Chris, who we were close with, who was our, uh, our one, of, one of the other three straight boys that we hung out with. Yeah. And Chris was like, yeah, cool. That's awesome. Could you guys stop hooking up in my bedroom now? <laughs> <laughs> he was like, love it. Great. Great. Stop, stop hooking up in my, my bedroom. bedroom. <laughs> yeah. Like, noted. Great. Awesome. Cool. <laughs> okay. I got something super cringe for you. Okay. Um, so senior year. Okay. I'm in like year two of like my queerness um, and being an out queer person. Um, I, uh, um, got cast in Bye Bye Birdie as Conrad Birdie. <laughs> so then yeah. this effeminate gay boy then had to try to play, uh, Conrad Birdie, which is an Elvis type character for the non-musical people. And if you don't know Bye Bye Birdie, it's one of the most annoying musicals even you've ever if you're heard. Straight, <laughs> even if you're straight and you don't know Bye Bye Birdie. Oh my God. Um, that was wild. We, that year, it might have been the second year, we got two new theater directors and both of them were a- uh, actors. One was an actor and had been a, uh, a writer for The Chappelle Show. Okay. And the other one had done uh, the touring um, of Greece. Okay. And so they came in and... Um, God, they just turned that theater department into such a great space. Mm-hmm. 
push my ass into the Conrad Birdie spot. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, I don't know. They just gave so much space. Okay, let's get back to the first boyfriend because this is also kind of yeah, funny. Yeah. So out my junior year, summer after, um, my job from the time I turned 15 was lifeguarding. I was okay. a lifeguard all through high school. I yep. felt very cool. It was uh, it was very tan. It's mm-hmm. the tannest I've ever been in my life, period, <laughs> and ever will be, probably. Um, and so I had worked at the Country Club in Mansfield and had started working at the YMCA. And over the summer, to get more hours, because um, I worked a whole lot. I was always trying to stay out of the house. Mm-hmm. And uh, the I started picking up shifts in the Arlington YMCA's. And I went to the one on Davis Street. Okay. I literally had a moment where I was like, wait a minute. Was Tyler a lifeguard whenever I went? And then I remembered, I'm much older than you are. <laughs> I mean, not much, much but you are uh, older there, than There me. is a significant age difference, yes. I Not significant. It's six years. That's significant. Is it? That's that's an entire high school. Ten is significant. Yes, but that's an entire high school. Like, it's in a high school experience. Career, okay, yeah. I'll give you that. Anyway, <laughs> so was lifeguarding at the one off Davis Street only a couple times, but I met all that whole little clique of high school students, and mm-hmm. they were like, oh, you're gay. We have a gay friend. <laughs> Which paid off, actually. Mm-hmm. Normally, that doesn't pay off. Normally, mm-hmm. when people are like, I know a gay person, you should meet them. Normally, 10 out of 10 times, it is not somebody that you want to meet right. or you have anything in common right. with. You're gay. You're gay. You're, yeah. You're gay together. Yeah. No. This was, um, I believe, he also was on the swim team. I don't know. He's very tall, very handsome. That's probably where it started. Um, and we had a little summer together. Oh, it was this. I was summer before my senior year, summer okay. after his. He was about to go to college at UT. Okay, and so we had a fun little summer together. Yeah. Um, neither one of our homes were really a safe space for us to be, so we found nope. lots of spaces around Arlington to uh-huh. hang out. At. <laughs> uh-huh. I can still um, I can still pinpoint parking lots where my we, first boyfriend. Yes, and I would. we had our first kiss at the snow cone stand on Little Road. Okay, by, by the that, McDonald's. Yes, by the McDonald's. <laughs> by the McDonald's and the Taco Bueno. I know it well. Um, and then, yeah, there, there was a, there was a specific church parking lot that okay. we spent a lot of so time So what, in. what year was this then for you? This was 05. And so we had this, we had this super fun summer, super cute. Okay. Um, it was my first love okay. and I'm like, I'm already a romantic person, but the first one, bitch. Yeah. I was in it. Yeah. Um, and so we dated for maybe three months. Mm-hmm. We hit August and he has to go to school. And we're like, you know, are we going to make this work? Should we not? Whatever. Yeah. And we were both recently out, you know, whatever. And so we're like, okay, we'll just see. We don't, we think we're probably going to have to break up, but we'll just see. Right. Um, and within a week, he, he calls me when he gets there and breaks up with me and says, um, I'm no longer gay. Wow. I'm straight. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Um, did that take 30 years to get over? Not 30 years, 10, 20 no, years I to mean, get over for him. him? Yes. <laughs> for him. Is he still straight? Oh no. He was gay by the end of my grad, college graduation. Oh, okay. Um, but it destroyed me like in a very, like not just a, a uh-huh. heartbreak way, but yeah. that again, dealing with the knowledge that we had that he was not gay or thought he wasn't gay. Mm-hmm. And then it played into that cycle of he wants something that I would never be able to give him. Right. And so 
I had my first heartbreak to Mariah Carey's Always Be My Baby. I spent okay. a lot of time in Arlington driving in my Geo Prism crying to Always Be My Baby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That-, <laughs> that song still every time just hits me so deeply. But it like, I was, you know, I was like, well, I'm never going to get hurt like this again. Come on, trauma mm-hmm. response. And I told myself, well, I need to make some rules that if I'm going to be dating, if I'm going to mm-hmm. be, you know, I said, well, I am never, ever going to date somebody who is bisexual, recently out, or questioning their sexuality. How's that been going for you? Um, honestly? Really? Oh, you, listen, I can be kind of wishy-washy about a lot of things. When I make a rule, like a heart rule, okay. like a heart boundary, okay. those do not disappear. I feel like I feel like the only one that I will be like maybe ease up on the. Well, no, we're gonna talk about that because I did have to ease up on the bisexuality. Ex- okay, yeah. Because again, we're dealing with the knowledge we had. Yeah, at that time. and so at that time, through my entire twenties, like if a guy was bisexual, I was like, no, thank you. If he was like, "Ooh, I just came out," I'm like, "No, thank you. I will not be your first. I'll be your third or fourth, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to be your first. There's too much right. wrapped up in that. Whatever." Also, you might change your mind. Yeah. That always stuck with me. And then somebody who was questioning, and it's like, That's, you need a friend at that point. You don't right. need a partner. That is a lot. That is a lot to take in when someone, when you're like completely head over heels with someone and they literally are like, yeah, I'm not gay anymore. Yeah. It's a mind fuck. Yeah. So all through my 20s, like those were just there and they were good boundaries for me. Like they kept me. You know, the the men that I engaged with were men who were gay, who knew they were gay, who were confident they were gay. Mm-hmm. And it had that part of their identity sewn up. We had other issues, but um, but then it wasn't until I was 30 um, and I had kind of I kind of taken uh, not kind of I had took a whole break from men, mm-hmm. took them off the menu. Right. I had multiple relationships in my 20s and realized I didn't want to repeat the pattern anymore, but I didn't know how to stop. Mm. And so I was like, you know what? If I'm not going to, if I know what's going to happen if I play this game, I'm not going to play the game until I can do it different. Mm -hmm. And so I took him off the menu and was like, let's see what I can do if I invest all this time in myself. And shock and awe, I have a very full life now doing a lot of things I really enjoy, imagine. You take a man out of your life and then you can like figure some shit out. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, that's. I had myself a little COVID boyfriend uh, because and it was one of those things where we um, met very naturally in that space. I think it was like when I was like 31. It was right before the pandemic hit hit. And we met very naturally and I was still on my like fuck men shit. Like was taking big distance. from All them. of this because your boyfriend said. No, 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 no. I'm your first. That's what I'm saying. You're like, did you stick to it? Yeah. 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 Like it was a whole unlearning I had to do when I turned 30. So met this guy very naturally. And I'm like, let me stay open to the universe, you know, to send me good things and a good man. And if we met very naturally and that he's pursuing and we have chemistry, let me just see where it goes. Right. Um, Turns out it went six months, Mm -hmm. which is fine. But I think it was our second date where he revealed to me that he was bisexual. Okay. And it was one of those things that I hadn't really had to be faced with mm-hmm. just because I was very much in gay spaces and engaging with gay men. And 
So I immediately had to kind of process because, again, I told you that hard heart boundary was there. And when he said that, you know, it kind of like took you back, took me back a little bit, but only like for like a split second, because then we are living in the world we're living in now. Yeah. With so much more awareness of bisexuality and all the different sexualities and understanding like the kind of bullshit that bisexual people face, thinking that they are greedy or they must have both or they're always going to be wanting one even if they don't have it or whatever when it's the same thing as anybody else if mm-hmm. they're committed to a person absolutely they're committed to that person yeah and they love that person um and so yeah i had to kind of do some unlearning from that first heartbreak when i was like 31 of okay mm-hmm. he wants to engage with me we are engaging this is exclusive you know mm-hmm. and his bisexuality didn't have a lot to do with it. Right. <laughs> you know, right. like we were just, we were into each other. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that heart, that first heartbreak, it left a mark. It left a mark. It left a mark. It didn't stop me. <laughs> I still had lots of relationships. Yeah. But it left a mark that there were some, some walls put up that I, I uh, kept up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. I did not have, I, I feel very fortunate that my first boyfriend and uh, my first couple of boyfriends um, before we got to like the big one, um, kind of left me like pretty much okay, I guess. Um, Woohoo for you. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. But then again, like I think about like yours, yours is like, oh, I met him when I was a lifeguard or, you know, no, you yeah. met him very organically in person. I met mine on a Yahoo chat room. Yes. Quite honestly. I, but I, before I met him before him um i uh was on the chat rooms you know the aol chat rooms you know the in, the yahoo chat rooms in 98 for gay people it's the only way i met men in college that is how we get to and not even just like sex like just like community yeah well that is how we get to the uh to the aforementioned barnes and noble <laughs> like the first time i actually shout did. out to all the gay kids growing up in uh the dfw area yeah. <laughs> the first time i actually um did anything sexually with a man was in uh yeah it must have been 1998 99 um yeah at the barnes and noble in arlington like i met this i talked to this guy this older guy yeah. let me tell you I recognize now that that was very much a not. Yeah. Not. A, it was not a thing. That and that's, that, yeah. Because and that is it's a topic we're going to talk about yeah. multiple times um, throughout our podcast. But you know, not, also, not as as a young queer person coming up, we didn't have guides. There was no guide was no for guide. us. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. We no. had to piece it together, and then anybody who knew about it wasn't talking to us about it. Right. And then, I mean, can you imagine? I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't have to imagine, bitch. I lived through it. it. Like, be, like, I got engaged with multiple situations with older men where I was like, oh, this is not what oh, I was yeah. looking for. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, but I mean, let's let's go let's go to to Dustin, my first boyfriend. Um, we met on a Yahoo chat room, chatted, uh, and our first date, we went to go see American Pie. Damn you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, American Pie. Just kidding. And um, and so he lived in Burleson, and it would so that would have been summer of '99. So it was the summer was before it the my theater on 1187. No, it was at the parks. Oh, cool. 
yeah, he came, came pick me up at my house. Mm-hmm. And um, is that correct? I don't know. I don't know if he picked me up. I don't know if I drove there. I can't imagine that I would. I mean, look, I met up with someone <laughs> at a Barnes and Noble. So clearly I had. You might have let him pick you I up. I had very low regard house. for my for my Park physical down the block, safety. Leave the lights off. <laughs> for my physical safety. <laughs> um, yeah. And so we did. A, it was really cool. We did a couple of things. Um, he took me to like the doctor. We, we had a date where we went to the Dr. Pepper Museum. Oh, yeah. Where we, you know, did the. That's see, cute. You know, and then he actually. um one of the gifts that he gave me at some point, uh, because sweet tarts are my favorite candy, um, he filled bottles of Dr. Pepper with sweet tarts. And I was like, oh, that's very that's cute. Great. That's very so cute. great. And then uh, at, we definitely, I think as the school year started, we were like, because we were the same age, um, we were like, you know what? It's a little difficult to go back and forth between Arlington and Burleson. So it kind of t- tapered off, which was fine. Um, he did come see me. In my, uh, I was in a production of The Skin of Our Teeth by Thornton Wilder at at my senior year in high school. Um, So he did come see me in that. Um, But yeah, I mean, and we've kept in touch uh, over the years. Um, We have definitely spoken to each other on Scruff. Since I've been back, uh, but we've done nothing, and I clearly have. I, I have Don't a. Don't you love just being able to see people grow up on Scruff? Listen, my two first boyfriends. It's like, oh, look at him! He went to nursing school. Yeah. He's a nurse now, and then someone pops up, and you're like, oh, look at them! They're married now, and they're yeah. clearly open. Yeah, my two, <laughs> my two first boyfriends still live here. Uh, my second boyfriend. Uh, it is wild to see two different pro- profiles combine once they start dating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so you've seen mine. um but you know i sometimes joke that you know you know superlatives when their superlatives are given out in high school like most likely Uh to succeed most likely you know uh i always felt like mine was most likely to be called upon by closeted gay dads in arlington yeah yeah that was my experience quite honestly like I th- like again as i mentioned earlier think back now i'm like oh that was so wrong on those guys parts first of all but i went fuck yeah that's absolutely so wrong. fucked up also how much danger you were putting yourself in mm-hmm. where your parents did not know where you were no you didn't have a cell phone no you know like if something went bad you just had to figure it out yeah yeah yeah, no, it uh I would drive to um, This is why I'm like this is why I value my relationships with my gay kids so much cuz I'm like if you have questions tell me, ask me cuz I'm like I don't want them to have to go through some of the questioning and learning from people who don't have your best interest at heart. But also think of how stunted a lot of queer kids are or I mean or maybe not now, well m- maybe some. But just think like we didn't have the 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 trials, the starts and stops and tribulations of what teenage dating is like. Mm-mm. You know, I didn't have that. Mm-mm. And l- the one time that I did have it was with a kid who was in a school 25 minutes away, half mm-hmm. an hour away. My next boyfriend, also from, from the area, but him and I had a long distance relationship, but we were the, we we're the same age, but... You know, he went to Arlington High School. Yeah. But I was already in New York and he took a year off. So we like 
you know, so that was kind of, you yeah. know. Um, so for me, my my gay high school experience was coming out to my friends. And then eventually I came out to my friends. But OK, my experience was hiding it for so long, coming out and hooking up with people off chat rooms. Mm-hmm. And then finally being comfortable talking to my friends about it. And then like that last half of senior year, I was like, oh, there are some other theater. There are some other boys in the theater department who are homosexual as well. Yeah. And so like I had a really good closing night party of this wonderful production of Damn Yankees. (laughs) May the year 2000. Yeah. 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 Let me tell you. Yes. Man. Okay. I feel like we have (laughs) set quite a stage for um, our origin story. Yeah. And like a little bit of what our coming up as like young queer men was. Yeah. You know. I, I, I would not, I would not trade it for the world. Really? No. I mean, my high school experience was really, really good, but my college experience, uh, yeah. I'm going to tell you why. All of this fueled for me my decision to move to New York. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. You're talking about a path of you had these high school experiences and by 18 you were in New York. Yeah. that That's a different path but, than I have. <laughs> right, right. But, but these this kind of... I knew I was different. I knew that in Texas, I was not going to, I did not want to explore these kind of things about myself in this state. And at that point, at that, at that point in time, I didn't feel safe in this state. I uh, applaud you for your intelligence and foresight. Because well, <laughs> I decided I'm going to go to rural Kansas well, and to I explore will, my identity. Uh, I will not try. I will. I will try my hardest not to dog on Marshall here because Marshall, there is a Marshall did provide a formative, you know, experience for me in terms of what I did not want to deal with in my life. But yeah. What Marshall did provide me is an opportunity to at a very young impressionable age go to New York City. Yeah, absolutely. Exposure is huge. And sit in it, it sound very cliche, but sit in the Majestic Theater, sit in the Palace Theater, sit and be backstage at Carnegie Hall, drive around on these buses, these tour buses mm-hmm. and see this city and see this kind of energy and excitement that I wanted to be a part of (laughs) and nothing was going to stop me. I was clearly it didn't. No, from 14 years old um, April 1997 is when we went I knew yeah, and I knew that when it became very clear to me that I was gay I knew very clear like very I knew that it was like if I want a shot at this life away from my parents and how they're and how they've dealt with my uncle away from the teasing that I grew up with in Marshall um away from the sneaking around that I had to do in Arlington New York City is where I needed to go yeah um I go ahead 
No, and and you know, so it's very. I have a. I have. I have got to tell you about when my choir went to New York. Yeah. So <laughs> for me now to be back here talking about this in Texas. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it's amazing to me. It's great. All right. So do the you, the so, we, so uh, our choir in Mansfield, um, our choir in Mansfield had a good Mormon population because mm-hmm. a lot of people I feel like in the Mormon faith are very musically inclined. A lot of piano players, a lot of singers. Uh, but about half of our choir was Mormon. Um, and so, I mean, they do those trips, you know, mm-hmm. every other year or whatever. And so they were doing it this year and our director had gotten a, um, <laughs> I'm sorry. He had gotten a travel agent to book our sh- Broadway shows we were going to see. Okay. And so we went to the, it was rainy the whole time. So it was rainy. We were uh, on buses. Our competition was in Jersey, uh, but we spent all our time in the city. Um, but they, they took us to two shows. Um, the first was a show called Altar Boys. Yes. Which is a, uh, a, um, uh, shoot, I'm brain dead. What's the, what's the S word? Satire. Satire. It is a satire of a Christian boy band mm-hmm. where they put on a satirical Christian concert. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that was fabulous for me. I'm sitting there getting my life with one of the characters who is clearly gay and very flamboyant. Yeah. And making all these jokes about being Christian through that. Um, while I'm sitting there with a bunch of other kids who are loving it. And then the Mormon kids and their parental chaperones. Mm -hmm. And so that was night one. So they were (laughs) like, oh, that was not what we signed up for. Yeah, I loved Alter Boys. I it's fabulous. I still I we are the Alter Boys. Anyway, the second show they took us to was the producers, which for those of you who don't know, remember what year it was? This was two thousand and six. Okay, yeah, so it was well within its and so the producers is highly vulgar. Highly sexual. Um, I mean, it talks about trying to put on a play about Hitler. They're trying to produce a flop, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Well, we'll make it about Hitler. It'll be a flop." Mm-hmm. But then it, it, and then it becomes like a, a hit, a hit, yeah. and all of a sudden these fools have all this money and whatever. Yep. Anyway, so that's the second show we go to, and at halftime, at intermission, um, half of our choir leaves, oh, and all the chaperones leave, so- and it's like me. The three other gay kids and our choir director. And my choir director is just like, he's one of those where he's like, he understands like it's Broadway. Right. But he's also like, oh my God. Well, but this also travel agents. But also, <laughs> also, also in 2006, mm-hmm. your theater director has had. Oh, he, well, and he is like, re, he was renowned. Their school's named after him. He was a renowned choir director. He, he had done this for years. And has had the opportunity to listen to the cast recording of the producers. Yeah, you would think that he would have known. Oh, yeah. So, it's so funny because the producers. But he uh, was like an old straight white man. My uh, my second boyfriend from Arlington. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, that was that, that the producers premiered that first year in 2000 yeah uh 2000 2001 of my first year of college so um he had come up to visit 
and he bought us because he was working full time mm -hmm. here. So, you know, he didn't really have that much, you know, he was that many expenses at the time. So he bought us balcony seats, partial view balcony seats for the producers. So we saw it. Oh, I love that. Right. Like right before its official opening night, still in previews. And um, I will forever remember that kind of experience with Lars. Um, yeah. To yeah. see the, the original cast, Nathan Lane, Matthew Broderick, Roger Debris. I'm not Roger Debris. Um, Roger Bart. Yeah. See, uh, I got to see Nathan Lane do it and it was fabulous. Oh, so it was The Return. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, listen, we should probably wrap up. We should. But um, let's end with our little queer cultural touchstone. Oh, yeah. Um, do you have... Do you? Do you I mean, I'm probably going to go with the one I came in here singing. Go for it. Because it spent all morning with it. it mm -hmm. It's absolutely Funny Girl. Um, for those that don't know, Funny Girl is a renowned musical that came out in a movie with Barbara Streisand. She won her, it was her debut film as an actress and she won the Oscar for it. And the film is about um, a young woman in New York. Her mom is a bar owner. Fanny Bryce. Fanny Bryce. Her the mother's natural. a saloon owner. Mm -hmm. And she's a comic. She wants to be famous. She wants to be a showgirl, but she's a comic. And, once, and not very pretty. And not very pretty. Skinny legs. Jewish. Big nose. Um, and that was not well-timed, what we just said, Jewish big nose. No, yeah, right, right, but right, it's right. a point in the show that she makes. Like She's like, I have a nose. You know, yeah. I have these skinny legs. Yeah. You know, um, But it just, it's told, it's comedic. It's a musical, it's romance, it's everything. Um, for me, it is something I rewatch all the time. Do you remember when you saw it for the first time? Uh, probably college. Okay. College, I was consuming tons of queer media and old media, like old musical media. I really love old films. I mean, I like all, all almost all films, mm -hmm. but I really like old films too. Um, and I've liked Barbara since I was like a kid. Mm. Um and so I think I was probably in college when I saw it for the first time. And it's just something that I have always just like, it's something I can just put on and it just makes me feel good. Um, yeah. And I don't know. I mean, I guess I, once again, as queer men, we love a strong female lead. Mm -hmm. um, but it's just, I don't know. I love it. It's musical. It's comedic. It's rom like high romance. Mm -hmm. It's high drama. Mm -hmm. Her, she becomes famous and her husband is a gambler. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, that would be one of my queer cultural touchstones. We still need to watch People, Barbara, and Hello Dolly. I know that that is... I know. I know that's We've been talking about it for a year. That is controversial for some of these things because... Oh, shit. Why is it controversial? Oh, okay. So, Funny Girl and Hello Dolly premiered on Broadway. They were in the same Tony, same season. Really? So, at the Tony Awards, um, Barbara lost the Tony for Best Actress... Uh, in a leading actress in a musical to Carol Channing in Hello, Dolly. Okay. So years later, when they did the movie version of Hello, Dolly, oh. they cast Barbara, who is significantly, significantly younger yeah. than Carol Channing yeah. for the movie. I think, like, How old is the character in the movie? Uh, I don't think they say an age because Barbara is definitely in her 20s. Uh, okay. Um. But yeah, but I love it. We did that in in high school, my junior year here in, in Martin. You had me so 
nervous. Oh, no. You it's... had me so nervous. I thought you were going to, because nowadays, you know, right, right, we learn right. so much terrible history about things that we're like, it's ruined and you can't enjoy it anymore. Right. I thought you were going to give me something terrible. No, 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 no. It's just um, Barbara is way too young to have played that character. She even says it. Yeah. She says, I was way too young to play that character. But um, that was the musical that they did my junior year at Martin that I auditioned for and and I, I was in. And that's really how I really met all my friends. By that point, I'd been in the school for several months, was in choir, was um, meeting people. But that's really kind of where um, the theater director was like, who are you? You auditioned for this and I'm literally about to put you in every little utility part like <laughs> every you character stick role. Out, you stick out from the chorus in yeah. a good way who are you um but it's also my my friends and stuff because it was outside of that kind of classroom setting yeah so Ro um, there was more room for a young gay man to f bloom yes yes um all right so my queer cultural touchstone uh as a as a queer youngster uh going back to the barnes and noble is a xy magazine oh my god yes okay so that i is a queer cultural touchstone so so okay so i have this to read for people who don't know um what xy magazine is okay. xy was a gay men's magazine which was published in the united states since night uh Beginning in 1996, XY started as a gay male youth-oriented magazine mm -hmm. and social network. Its name is a reference to the XY chromosome pair found in males. Mm -hmm. um, and it really, like, it came out four times a year. And Was I, it only four times a year? It was year? about four times a year. Because um, I, it's, I mean, listen, as a young gay man, there are two places you can be guaranteed to be found. The underwear section. Mm-hmm. Or the magazine section. The magazine section. Because here's the thing. All those men's health workout magazines are homoerotic oh. as hell. Oh. Um, but then the gay magazines. Mm -hmm. And they were always behind a little cover or in the back where people couldn't be exposed to them. Mm -hmm. But XY, like, it was wild because... It's legit. One, it was I also legit softcore porn. Absolutely. I would not be comfortable with it today. Mm -mm. Today, I mean, like, it was I mean, geared towards young gay men. Um, and it was oh I see what you're saying yeah no. it was geared towards young gay men and so they literally had like 18 year old boys you know taking provocative photos but also queer stories right and so for me in the, the early 2000s like the, I was reading it and I was like oh my god like these young queer men exist like there are young queer men out there and it's they're sharing stories about high school and they're sharing stories about whatever while also the imagery was very sexual. The imagery was very attractive to a young right. pubescent and gay um, man. you know one of the models that would eventually appear in one of the XY photo shoots was Colton Haynes from oh. uh, Teen Wolf. Yeah, um, I didn't know he was yes. in XY magazine. Yes, but ah. because he was not out yet for years, he and his team would try to cover up cover up or anytime like photos popped up on the internet or anything like yeah. that just be, like, try to get them off um also one of the i don't know if you had xy left such an imprint on me as so, a teenager so i don't know if you know this another controversy that came out of xy uh i'm gonna i'm just gonna read this again xy's longtime managing editor michael uh glatzy uh left the magazine in 2001 However, he co-edited the XY Survival Guide in 2003. And to bring this all back, 
in 2007 announced that he no longer identified as a homosexual and denounced homosexuality. He is now a conservative Christian who opposes gay rights. There, and we should watch this, uh, there is a movie based on that story. What? Called, yes, called I Am Michael, which stars James Franco as Michael. I remember this coming out and I didn't know it was tied to XY Magazine. I did not know. I did not. I, I didn't see the movie, but yeah. I don't, I didn't connect it until I was. I've heard about the movie, yes. but I. Zachary Quinto is in it as well. That is wild. Yeah, we should watch it. Yeah, I'm down for that. Um, yeah. Yeah, wow. That did, yeah. That's, right. that, yeah. Yeah. That's I've wild. blown your mind. Truly. Truly. Uh, Tyler, any closing thoughts? Um, not really. Trinity Pride is around the corner. Yeah. So I'm really excited for Pride Month. And it's like, I feel like it's our, you know, we're dealing with the COVID being an endemic and not a pandemic now. And so I'm really excited to be in person for Pride again. Mm -hmm. Last year, you know, we had a hybrid situation. It was cute. But this year, like, just all month long, like, being able to see queer people in our community. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm just really excited for Pride Month. My, like, I my favorite things, like, as an adult now, being who I am, like, I love seeing the kids at Pride. Mm -hmm. But just generally, I love, like, I love seeing, like, the teenagers run around with all their, like, support mm -hmm. from adults around them. I love the outfits and the attitudes. Yeah. Like, everybody shows up in something shiny or sparkly and colorful. Mm -hmm. And then everybody else is, everybody's in a good mood. And that's the thing, too, is if somebody tries to start a fight, everybody's like, what the fuck is happening? This is Pride. Why right. are you fighting at Pride? Right. <laughs> there is no fighting at Pride. Yeah. We fight with our words. <laughs> we fight with our words. Um, all right. So this is like the end of our second episode. Yeah. I think we've, prov uh, I hope we've provided enough kind of. I feel like we've given a lot. <laughs> a lot of context for. Um, context to us. Context to us, who we are. And, uh, you know. Yeah, we're going to start bringing people into the space. Bringing people into the space. Uh, there'll be other just episodes where it's just you and I taking on yeah. some things. Um, there's a lot of things happening in Texas that we have thoughts on. Yeah. And we'll get there. Um, Every day it's something new. Yeah. But uh, I hope you all stick around with us and, uh, you know, give us a follow. Give yep. us a listen. Um, thank you for listening. Go rate and review Yes. Context on yes. Apple Podcasts. Leave um, us reviews, rate us. We want to try to reach as many yeah. queer people, young queer people as possible. And that is possible. Brought to you by viewers like you. It is possible through rates and reviews from viewers just like you. Yeah. And if you have questions <laughs> or comments, you can follow us at Queer Context on Instagram. Uh, Q U E E R C O N T X. You love how I looked at the, yeah, no at the e. screen. Leave the E out. To spell that out. Two um, E's in queer, no E's in contest. Yeah. Leave us a comment. Leave us a question. We may read it on here. Yeah. And um, and yeah. Well. We'll see you around. We'll see you around. Talk to you later. Okay. Bye. Bye.